for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Julia Rose Studios. How's it going today, Julia? I'm great. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just enjoying the weird weather we're having here in uh, Texas. It's going from 70 to 90 degrees down to 40. So, you know, just kind of enjoying the weirdness. So... But i um, excited to have you on the podcast. Really want to get to know more about you. I know you're uh, in the middle of a pretty much a cross-country trip. Uh, but uh, for before we kind of jump into that, the new album you released last year, um, what, what's kind of your background? What got you into music? Well, I've been playing music um, my whole life, really. I played in school and I played pretty casually um, for most of my life. And then... Within the last five years, I started to shift my attention toward building um, building a career out of this and really dedicating myself to it. I, um, I always knew that I wanted to work for myself and I didn't know what would be that avenue. And the more musicians I met, the more friends that I met who, who were living this lifestyle, the more I knew that this just made sense. Um, but it has been a really cool opportunity to tie in all sorts of my passions. Um, which is my ultimate goal and music is is probably the main one and that's mm. why it's really what i've what i've dove into so much yeah and uh so you you're working for yourself you're traveling across the country playing music doing the doing vlogs as well you've got your you got a growing youtube channel which is really cool um kind of taking a step back who was the uh, first person to introduce you to uh, music Music? Like music, music at all? Yeah, just music in general. Who's the first person to introduce you? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, when I was very young, my, my dad um, plays a lot of music. Mm-hmm. And he also, uh, when I was growing up, he did, he was a sound engineer for a local venue. So I would get to go to the shows and hang out at the sound booth a lot. And um, I mean, I, I remember being young being maybe five years old and I really wanted to start playing violin Mm -hmm. and my parents wanted me to wait until orchestra started up in school so I had to wait a few years but um also some family friends um there he was the conductor of the Albany Symphony Orchestra because I grew up in New York and so that family was very musical. I spent all my time at their house and they got to start playing violin when they were younger than me and I was jealous and um, it turned out to work out for the better because I ended up becoming a violist, which uh, only happened because of the way that the school was set up to introduce us to all different types of instruments. Um, but I mean, if we're going all the way back, yeah. I, I'm grateful to have had that influence when I was, when I was very young. Mm-hmm. What was it about the violin originally? Because that doesn't seem like an instrument that a young child would want to play. Honestly, that I wish I knew something about it. 
I mean, five-year-old me, like who's to say what, why five-year-old mm. me wanted what I wanted. <laughs> That's true. I, but I, I remember that um, when I was nine and we got to try out all different types of instruments before choosing one, I remember seeing the viola and being much more drawn to that because mm. of its lower, more rich tone. Mm-hmm. So I, I do remember why I chose the viola. But I mean, as opposed to starting a horn instrument, like I yeah. wish I had saxophone, that would be so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, I was just drawn to the viola, so. Gotcha, gotcha. And so you picked up the viola when you were nine and been playing it ever since? Um, for the most part, I played okay. it in school. And then um, there were a few years that I, um, I, I think that, when kids are growing up and learning an instrument in school, they uh, stringed instruments are usually assumed to be classical instruments. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to take a break after graduating high school because I, I didn't want to play classical viola and I didn't realize it could be anything else. And then in college, I took a few lessons. I took some fiddle lessons, um, but just here and there, I didn't really pick up my viola much until my last year in college, I ended up joining uh, the jazz combo and a funk band. And I all of a sudden realized you can play any genre you want on a violin or viola. And um, I just didn't even know that was an option. And as soon as I started to like actually get to play the music that I like, um, I really fell in love with the instrument all over again. And to have that classical background was just a really nice foundation to jump in with. Mm -hmm. And so, while you were in college, you went from the viola to the, you started taking fiddle lessons and then back to the viola. It was there much of a crossover between viola and fiddle or like what, what was kind of the crossover there as far as like skill sets? Yeah. So, um, a viola, you can play fiddle music on a viola. Okay. And of a, a fiddle is just an instrument that you play fiddle music on. Mm-hmm. Um, so a violin or a viola could be called a fiddle. It really just oh. depends uh, on the genre of music you're playing. So, so still it, playing the same instrument, just um, stylistically, it was that classic folk um, and and mostly tunes that are passed down by ear through generations. Mm-hmm. I went to school in Maine and we were doing a lot of French Canadian tunes and mm-hmm. shorter tunes that you can play on repeat and people can dance to and they have certain tempos. So. Mm-hmm about the genre gotcha gotcha so it's all it's all relative it's all the same instrument just played different styles yeah okay got it because i do like the fiddle and the violin but i'd never heard viola being brought into that mix either so that that's what kind of threw me off there but yeah common common (laughs) question (laughs) gotcha gotcha um and so uh, you started playing, wanting to play professionally about 2019. Is that correct? Was I reading that correctly? Like started taking music professionally? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Um, wh- what was that? Was there a pivotal moment in your life that it was like, okay, I need to start playing professionally or taking music seriously? Yeah, it did happen pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, I was lucky enough to spend some time um, hiking on the Appalachian Trail. Hmm. And so I was living in the woods and I thought I was going to walk all the way from Georgia to Maine. 
and I had a ukulele with me. I ended up buying my first ukulele while I was hiking just because it was small and I could find a little plastic one. So I didn't mind if it got wet when I was hiking. And, um, and I found myself just sitting by the streams playing ukulele instead of walking. <laughs> and at a certain point I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I walked half of the trail. Um, but then I ended up, um, I got an invitation right when I was in this point of transition, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, my plans, I, I changed my mind and mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with myself right now. And a friend from high school invited me to come start performing with her. Oh, well. So we started performing together and she kind of showed me the ropes a little bit. And um, it didn't work out as a long-term project, mm. but it was enough to get me thinking like, this is a really cool option. And um, I'm going to try and build this for myself and build my own set and my own, my own name, figure out my sound as an artist. And mm -hmm. um, that was a really good segue to start playing with her and then to realize that I could create that for myself. For sure. Uh I'm going to ask this just because I know in the back of my head, it's going to be bugging me if I don't ask this. When you say you walked half the trail, is that half the Appalachian Mountains or was it like a smaller trail that you were on? Um, I was on the Appalachian Trail. Okay. I walked from Georgia to Pennsylvania. I did 1,200 miles. Okay. It was I, difficult stuff. I just didn't walk all the way to Maine. Okay. Because I, I knew there was something like that similar. I had a buddy that did the similar thing, but over in the Rockies where like, you know, I don't remember exactly where it started. What's that? Yeah. That. Yeah. LCDT. Yeah. He, uh, he walked that, uh, for, uh, I think a summer, I think he did it on summer vacation or something. And so when you brought that up, I was like, I have to ask because hiking's not my forte, but you know, I, so I, I don't, I haven't hiked much since that chapter. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, so you've been on the road for a good minute now. When did you, when did you start traveling as far as in, when did you get the RV? When did you start traveling with the RV? Yeah. So uh, this has been a dream of mine for a long time, this lifestyle and um, probably a few years. And I've been on the road now for seven months. Okay. Um, but this was in the works for a lot longer because I've gone on, I've gone on road trips before, but I wanted to see if I could make this lifestyle sustainable and just be a nomad, um, and use my music as my, my means of supporting my travels. Um, so I guess I also had the goal. I really wanted to release my first album before I hit the road mm -hmm. so that I would have, I would have that music to work off of. Mm -hmm. It's, it's much easier to work on a project like that when you're stationary, you know, when I'm traveling, there's so yeah. much I'm always working on. It's, yeah. it's, hard to, it's hard to sit down and create something as, as complete as an album. So, so I released my album and I bought my RV um, last spring, so almost mm. a year ago, but it took me probably four months to actually hop on the road. And I had this all planned out. I kind of like had this, this big plan and a lot of this whole timeline. And it was a lot to fit in. I mm. always bit off more than <laughs> I always am ambitious with my plans. Um, but I was able to get everything ready and hit the road last August. Wow. That's a, I, yeah. 
I admire that because I've always wanted to, I've always considered myself kind of nomadic in nature, but um, never been able to fully commit to a nomadic lifestyle of just getting in the RV or getting into the car and living off of it. Uh, just because I like to have that security of a continuous paycheck that I don't have to necessarily worry about, but I, I stick to my nomadic feelings of every, about every two years. It's like, okay, I got to go somewhere else. I can't stand to, can't stand to sit here anymore. So uh, I, good. Um, I, I, um, I think it's all about balance and it's yeah. all about finding what works for you, you know, and, and there's a lot of, um, compromises that, you know, uh, what you, what you give up in comfort, you gain in freedom is mm. what to me. And it's very true. I mean, I, I'm figuring out this lifestyle. I'm able to find more and more comforts within this lifestyle. Um, but I think that there's a lot of human needs that can be harder to satisfy when you're traveling so often. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I hundred percent, I a hundred percent get what you're talking about. Um, so now that you've been on the road for about seven months, the album's been out for about seven months or what did it, when did it, and when in 2021 did the album release? I dropped it to Spotify, I believe on September 1st, okay. which was first week of being on the road. I had my um, my album release party at the end of August where that was like, the CD was available to people in person, but it wasn't, the music wasn't available anywhere else yet. And that was a really special show. It was at Nectar's in Burlington, Vermont. I played with the full band, played my album start to finish. Um, so that was really cool. And then the week I hit the road, I released the album to Spotify and each week after that, I was sharing music videos from the Sauntering Studio series, which is, um, which essentially those are the music videos for the album. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so when you started working on the album, what was the original idea for it? Did you set off, set off to release an album or were you just kind of writing music with no end goal originally? It was really intentional for sure. Whole compilation. Um, I, I wanted it to be a bit of a concept album. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like all really fit together. So I actually wrote all of the lyrics before I started writing any of the songs. So I had this arc of the, the context and, mm-hmm. and the lyrics would all tie together. Um, and then I had a list of all sorts of things that all sorts of like components and features and, and little, little ideas that I wanted to go somewhere in the album. And then, um, it was actually during quarantine that I finally had time to just sit down and, and go through and, and make all, put all, put everything together. Um, but it was very intentional. The whole layout was already um, imagined before I actually jumped into writing songs. Gotcha. gotcha. And then where did you end up uh, recording it? Was it in New York, in Vermont? where did you record the album? I recorded it uh, in my apartment actually. Okay. Um, in Vermont, and um, there's one song that actually was recorded inside the Grand Canyon. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to get to go rafting through the Grand Canyon, and I almost didn't go because I was like, I have to write this album, but <laughs> I was like, no, I, I need to just write the album in the canyon, and we'll be yeah. good. 
So I bought, um, I, I bought a little, a small speaker that uh, recording device that goes into my phone mm-hmm. and recorded round cloud, uh, in the grand Canyon, which you can tell if you watch the music video, you can see clips of that. Yeah. Um, does my, does my audio sound like it's cutting in and out to you? It does, but I think it's more signal, not necessarily the, Okay. yeah, I think it's more the internet signal, but, um, okay. Now, as somebody also that has recorded audio a song in the Grand, or I'm not going to say in the Grand Canyon because it was one of the offshoot canyons that wasn't technically the Grand Canyon. Um, we shot a live performance video over a bridge overlooking the Grand Canyon, and that was the most impossible thing we've ever done. That's awesome. Is that Lee's Ferry? The bridge at Lee's Ferry? Um, at the start. No, I don't remember exactly. We were in Northern Arizona somewhere going up to, uh, going out towards, uh, Las Vegas. So I'm not hundred percent sure where we were at because it was like day four of a six day road trip. None of us had slept more than three hours. And it was just kind of like, you know what, we're here. Let's do this. I have no idea where we're at, but yeah. So that's awesome. I have a photo of it somewhere. I could send that to you on Instagram. There's a photo of it somewhere. So, um, but like just all the wind, all the wild animals and just like all the natural, not disasters, but like uh, noises that come in. It was just like, eh, I don't know if this is ever going to get released, but yeah, it it, it was yeah. wild. There's a lot for sure to, to consider. Yeah. But when you recorded your song, you were actually down in the Grand Canyon because you were whitewater rafting. Yeah. Um, so there, there is a little bit of the river in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had, um, I was in the Canyon for three weeks. Okay. I had some, and it was a lot of time in the boats, but we also had a few days off where we just hung out on the land for the day. And a lot of people went for hikes, but I chose to just sit there and get as quiet, like find as quiet of a spot as possible and, uh, write a song. And so this song, did you actually write it while you were there and then record it as well? Yeah, so I uh, I play by ear a lot and a lot of uh, the songs that I write, I write while I sing them. So mm-hmm. I kind of craft the sound and rearrange the tracks and, and write it as I, as I sing it. I write it by singing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. So it's very organic in that way? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and so the album's been out now for about seven months. You'd mentioned, uh, what's going through your mind that the album's out now and like, you're just kind of shifting gears as far as like your creative outlet, what's kind of going through your mind right now? Well, I've been performing for the most part as a solo artist and I'm excited to keep working with more, uh, with more artists and more collaborations, um, and that's, that's been one of my favorite things. I, I think at first I really wanted a chance to discover my own sound. And now that I'm aware of that, now I'm realizing how much more amazing, like the, the music goes to a whole, or any project goes to a whole new level when you can combine all sorts of creative energy from different artists. So at this point, um, I think my next project with my original music is to write music with friends, but also to get in the habit of 
performing my original music and also getting to do that with different configurations of artists, whether that be bass, drums, saxophone, keys, um, just to bring other people on board really helps shape the sound into to more of what I want it to be. Yeah. And making it possible, also probably making it possible for musicians that you don't work with on a daily basis, because since you are on the road, I'm sure you don't have a full band with you at the ready anytime you want to play. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to have more of a written out structure for mm. my music to make it easy for people to hop on and, mm. and know a more specific part um, rather than kind of feeling it out, which um, I've had such amazing shows hiring new friends along the way. Um, you know, so many artists are so talented. It's easy enough for us to, to put things together uh, without a ton of, of a background to working together. But uh, there are definitely a lot of things. I mean, so many things I want to keep working on. For sure. For sure. So the name of the album is Time Is Now. Why did you decide to name it Time Is Now? Um, that was actually kind of a last minute change. Okay. <laughs> a long time. I was wondering what to call this album and time is now is one of the songs off the album. And I think it fits the, the overall essence of, of all of the pieces. I wanted something to kind of capture my intentions, um, because a lot of the lyrics are about intentions and about being present and mindful and self-aware and reflective and time is now embraces all of those intentions behind the piece gotcha gotcha and then so the album's out now for anybody that's listening they can get it on spotify is there still hard copies available Yes, I wish I, I'm thinking if I even have one within arm's reach, I probably. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yes, there are CDs. <laughs> okay, um, so th that's available now for anybody interested. They can find it on Spotify and then your website. But you also released the uh, live recording of Ground Cloud, which I believe we've mentioned in this podcast. I'm trying to remember if you mentioned it in the podcast, if it was before, before we were talking, before the podcast. But uh, you recorded that as a live recording at Nectar's. Why did you decide to live record that song specifically? I have the whole album live recorded, actually. Okay. Um, and then that was my favorite. So I decided to release just that one song. There was a point when I was tempted to release the entire album paired with the video mm -hmm. uh, and, and do like a virtual streaming of it. Um, but that was right as I was moving and I didn't get as much footage as I wanted. And, and I really loved that audio recording. That was, um, a song where I had my friend playing keys with me. He opened and then he came back up for a couple songs. And so to have keys also included with the bass, drums, and saxophone was just such an amazing, amazing evening. I really want to capture all the, all the artists that contributed there. So that song was my favorite and that's the one that got released. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, how long ago did, or how long ago did you, uh, release that recording or the live recording? Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Okay. Gotcha. It the last, it, it was during my travels. Um, gotcha. And did, so did, was the performance during your travels as well, or was that prior before, before you left? 
That was right before I left. Okay. That was my last hurrah in Vermont. Right gotcha. before, um, the week before I moved. And uh, so that was partially my going away party. Gotcha. And so you've been on the road now for seven months. What's been the hardest part about being 100% on the road? A lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> um, there have been a lot of unexpected challenges. Okay. Uh, just in terms of like car troubles mm-hmm. or RV, um, just a lot of like, oh, okay, now I've got to deal with this. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, <laughs> um, I think the hardest part about this lifestyle is to be constantly um, bouncing between different communities. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's hard to... It's hard to have friends. It's hard to have a social life. And I guess I've been welcomed in by such amazing people as I travel. And I've also gotten to reconnect with a lot of friends from earlier chapters in my life who live mm. all over the country at this point. But just to, to hang out and to have fun in a place and then to have to leave mm-hmm. is, is hard because, um, you know, that's, that's human nature to want to build connections. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I am traveling. I'm building a circuit and I'm driving between the same few spots. And so each time I get to go back to a place has been really wonderful nice. as opposed to showing up to a new town, not knowing anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'm working with, with that challenge. But I'd say, yeah, constantly being in a new place is, makes the social life difficult. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain situation like that really was a positive, like a positive inspiration for you to continue doing what you did? Like, did you have a cool interaction or something while you've been on the road that was just like, okay, this is why I'm doing this or something to that effect? Every day. Every day? Well, maybe not every day, um, but there's been a lot of magic. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of magic. And um, it's been a roller coaster. Uh, there was a period where just it felt like everything that could possibly go wrong was going wrong. Yeah. And there was uh, the owner of an RV service center in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally, she was like, I'm not letting you quit. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a moment when like at that point, um, I just I had an option to to give up. Insurance was was saying that they would uh, reimburse me for the trailer because of some damage that had that had happened to the trailer mm-hmm. and and this this woman convinced me that she was like no no, no we're gonna fix this it's not a big deal this happens all the time yeah. like you're not quitting you're not giving up this is fine yeah <laughs> but i was like almost done at that point um that was at the very beginning i guess mm-hmm. like a month or two in when i just didn't really have much figured out yet yeah um, but just in general, all the people that I've met along the way um, and the past few months, I've really been in a different place of feeling more confident, feeling like I'm figuring out a pace of travels that works better for me, and finally building more connections and meeting cool people, playing more shows. So um, at this point, you know, I'm just I'm just grateful for all of the, the magic and the experiences and the people that are just so excited to to cross paths and share yeah. share time on this adventure. Yeah. And so you'd mentioned that you're in Reno now. How, how long have you been in Reno? I've actually been here for a week now. Okay. Which is time for me. 
um, I just had a little bit of a window and ended up meeting some cool people and uh, I'm still here. <laughs> nice. And then you're on your way up to Utah. Wait, yeah, it is up to Utah. Wait, I just had a minute of like, wait a minute, what's going on? Right? Yeah, so you're out on your way up to Utah, um, Moab and then Salt Lake or Salt Lake and then down to Moab? Yeah, Salt Lake first, okay. uh, just for a weekend and then I'll be in Moab for a month. Okay. Uh, had you, have you ever been to Utah before or was this like your. Yeah. Moab has been a really awesome spot for me. I've played there a lot and, uh, that's one of, that's the, the town where I've spent the most time in my travels so far. Okay, cool. Uh, we, I'd mentioned before that Moab is one of those cities that I want to spend more time in, but because of how our schedules usually work out when we do get to travel, Moab's like that pass through city. It's like, okay, we got like an hour. Let's see what kind of trouble we can get in. And then it's usually that McDonald's right there on the main road going through Moab. So. Well, now you know for next time to leave more time. Yes. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, and then you're on, after that, you're on your way to Colorado. And is that kind of as far ahead as you planned? Or do you know, like for the next year where you want to be? I have a lot planned out. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I didn't. <laughs> What's that? I'm not sure how, if I've shared any of that news yet. With yeah. <laughs> um, I, no, I'm generally bouncing between the, the places that I've been building routes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's one of those things where some people, they're just very fly by the fly by night. And it's just like, okay, well, I think this week I'm going to go over here. And then some people are just very planned out, I guess is the best way to word that. I think that for me, trying to book all of my own shows, um, I really have to plan in advance. Mm -hmm. Got and, well, I guess I don't book all my own shows anymore, but either way, booking shows you have to plan in advance for. So it's nice to have a general idea of where I want to go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, how often are you playing shows right now? Since that seems to be your main source of income. Yeah. Um, I've been at the point where I'm playing three to five shows a week. Oh, wow. Okay. And when I go over to Moab, I'm going to have, um, six shows a week uh, for that month. Oh, wow. Busy month. It's their, it's their busy season. Yeah. And then the summer I'll be coming back a little bit to give myself some more time to do other things. Awesome. Awesome. That's really cool. And so you're going to be in Moab for a good bit. Then you're going down to Colorado throughout this time. You're going to be playing live music, but you're not really in the writing phase right now. You'd mentioned that you're kind of more working on the visual components. Is that live shows and then like video stuff as well, or is it just live shows? Yeah. Videos are a big priority of mine. Mm. I have a lot of fun combining my music with outdoor adventures. Mm -hmm. As I said, I'm using this as a platform to combine all of my passions. Mm -hmm. So um, these outdoor adventures are a big one. And I've been befriending a lot of people in the extreme sport community of various uh, types of sports. But um, I'm getting ideas from them and excited to, to jump into a new phase of, of music videos. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's gotta be fun. And have you, are you the one shooting all the videos? Like, is that in your forte or do you have somebody helping you with that? I made all of my videos mm. for the first uh, video series. Mm -hmm. 
for the Sauntering Studio Series and then everything that I do uh, for social media is self, self-edited self and self-shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm at the point where some of the things that, some of the ideas I have would just be so much better represented if I was collaborating with a videographer. Mm-hmm. So uh, for some of my next, for my next round of videos, I think it'll probably require a lot more drone work. Okay. Um, but my big project next would be live performances in unique locations um, and really doing more of a remote, focusing on remote shows. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you'd mentioned, you've mentioned a few, several different times about sauntering, your sauntering sessions. Uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, that was, well... That started the same time that I dove into my music. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think the first, I guess, honestly, I I started making my music videos before I actually even wrote my songs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just had so many ideas. I think I've, I get so excited about the videos (laughs) that, uh, yeah, those, those things were all happening side by side. Yeah, I gotcha. And is it all, it's all your music or are you bring in other musicians into that fold as well? Well, it's my album. Okay. Um, yeah, but it, it's mostly me. Um, okay. At this point, actually, the Sauntering Studio Series, what's on YouTube right now is, is the audio version that is just me playing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Just, just wanted to clarify, because I know some people bring in other musicians and do like live performance stuff for that. So, um, but I like, obviously you're on the road right now and you're a very creative person. So art is a big part of your life, but when you need to take a step back from everything and just kind of get some time to decompress, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do to just kind of get away from the stress of traveling and living on the road? Um, I do ski, and oh. so I've gotten to ski a lot uh, in the last few months. I got the Icon Pass, so I get to ski. I've gotten to ski at nine resorts, and I'm hoping my trip to Salt Lake will bump me up to 11. Oh, wow. Uh, the season. So that's been a fun, a fun adventure. I've never skied at so many resorts in one season. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just got a mountain bike, so I'm going to be getting into that this summer. Um, I have so many, (laughs) I have so many hobbies. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just taking some time to do Mm self-care when I'm in towns, just because, um, I don't have much of a routine. So it's really important to be mindful of my needs as I travel. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That that is very important. I think just in general, like in life in general, it's important for self-care and to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Um, and I should have known skiing was one of them because I was scrolling through your Instagram reels and I saw it was a lot of skiing videos. I was like, oh, yep. That As I'm asking the question. A lot of skiing, definitely. Yeah. Is that something that you've been doing for a while or have you just recently picked it up? That's also been my whole life. And okay. um, I used to work at a ski resort. Uh, okay. Hit the road uh, for the last five years, actually. I was working at a ski resort. So that's a huge part of 
huge part of what I do, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I guess living in Vermont, I guess that makes a lot of sense as well. That I feel like that's a barrier for entry to live in Vermont is that you have to ski. I can't imagine living through a cold winter like that without having a hobby that involves the snow. Yeah. So (laughs) I would not want to live somewhere that cold without skiing. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. But, um, yeah. So I don't want to keep you too much longer here. Um, for anybody that wants to check out, uh, updates on your travels or, uh, listen to your new album or catch a live show or just interact with you on social media in general, where's the best places for them to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Julia Rose Studios is my artist name, and I, I try to have everything nice and and uh, connected, mm-hmm. all the links uh, cross cross referenced. So if they find me anywhere, it should be easy to find me on the other platforms. But Julia Rose Studios is my name on anything. So Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Um, my website, it's all Julia Rose Studios and it's all connected. And um, the link in my bio on my Instagram has has a lot right there. Mm-hmm. So, so I'd say Instagram is a really great place to start, but I also feel really, um, I put the most time into my Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube. Gotcha. But I'm on, I'm on all the, I can't even keep track of all the, the social media links these days. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The Instagram seems to be the place where everybody's going as far as like musically speaking. Some people are playing around on TikTok, but I feel I like you, I feel like you have to be a special kind of person to get along to make your thing out way on TikTok. So um, but no, that's awesome that uh that you're doing so well and you're living the dream. I only hope that one day that I'll at least get to experience a nomadic lifestyle, a true nomadic lifestyle. Maybe we'll see. So, um, but before we kind of cut this off, what advice do you have for young musicians out there that are getting ready to make that next step in their life? As far as musically speaking. Hmm. I would say just go for it. And just, just surround your, surround yourself with other musicians. Surround yourself with the people who inspire you. Ask them questions, and yeah, that was. I mean, everything that I've learned. Not everything, but I've learned so much from the community. Yeah. Yep. I. I'm a firm believer in that. And the old adage of miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take that that's uh, that's another one that I'm a firm believer in. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for giving us time to sit down and chat a little bit about your music and what you got going on. I'm really excited to see what you got, what you got coming up next and like where you go from here as far as like shows and, you know, everything like that. So I'm really glad that we had this time to sit down and chat. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for uh, thank you for your time. For sure. Uh, once again, thank you so much. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you all later.